Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Anais Langson. And me, Ian Morris. The world is a depressing, miserable crap hole. Um, And that's putting it mildly right now. So we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. Partly, honestly, because over the last couple of weeks, as you know, we've we've been somewhat absent show-wise. The the first week was um, because we didn't have anything to talk about and the second week was because i was ill uh, and this week and there was still nothing to talk about and this week the news has been dominated by um one particular topic as you'll all be well aware and i sort of felt it's in our interest as purveyors of light-hearted uh technology armchair punditry to um to to use our light-hearted nature and and try and throw a little bit of light-hearted um what's the word um, um levity yeah i was gonna say we like relief from from things so we're gonna do things slightly differently this week there, there were not many big news stories uk focused news stories that we wanted to talk about but there were a small <clears throat> handful um we also had the new apple uh, event and we i did an extra message about that uh, earlier in the week for, for patrons but we've got a couple of little things that i thought we would talk about for that and then we are going to introduce a new feature it's very exciting it is currently gestating a little above the birth canal and will descend and slither into this world in about 15 minutes time you're welcome for that mental image should also point out this week's episode is entirely unscripted um normally horrific mental images like that are pre-planned and simply delivered as if off the cuff whereas that one uh didn't exist anywhere no until... it existed in your brain so we're gonna we're doing things a, a little bit differently so apologies in advance for any inconsistencies but this is what happens when we go off script the first thing i wanted to touch on briefly though in is something i saw on the bbc this week which is that bitcoin cash machines have been ordered to shut down in mm. the uk the regulator says that they are now illegal this is the financial conduct authority now i've only ever seen one of these anywhere ever and it was in a bar on the corner of a street in shoreditch and i remember it looking like a novelty at the time and the only other time i've seen it was when it was out of order and you couldn't use it anyway so <laughs> I don't know where any of these are. Apparently, according to ATM radar, there's about 80 of them, just under 100. Yeah, 81, apparently. Right, 81. Um, where are these Bitcoin withdrawal machines? Never seen one. So you, I've seen one, and when I saw it a second time, it wasn't working. You've never seen one. No. There are eight, at least 80 others, and apparently they're all now, they're now um, going to be 
illegal. So the FCA said, according to the BBC, we regularly warn consumers that crypto assets are unregulated and high risk, which means people are very unlikely to have any protection if things go wrong. People should be prepared to lose all their money if they choose to invest <laughs> in them. Now, can't argue with that. It's very accurate. Um, however, you could say the same about lots of things. Insurance, well, you could, you, I for mean, instance. It's like this, well... I don't know about that. It's more, it's more like the stock market. It is. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, the stock market is basically gambling. Essentially, yes. It's hard to put it in any other way. I mean, I suppose you could argue that people who follow the stock market probably have indications in what they should be investing in, like, you know, what the market's doing, you know, what what is popular, um, what f- issues globally might cause things to change course. Uh, you know, there are certainly things you can do. I mean, again, you could make that argument, I guess, with Bitcoin, like its value is pegged to certain things happening. For example, Elon Musk mentioning it tends to send it soaring and Elon Musk moaning about it tends to send it crashing. Yes. (laughs) One man should not have enough uh, that much power, one could argue. Um, I've told you we're not talking about global uh, news. (laughs) LOL. Different man, same weird outlook on life. Have you ever bought anything with a Bitcoin? No. If I haven't you, done anything with a Bitcoin. If you... I, go on. Well, I, I was going to say, I remember I remember well when Bitcoin was sort of quite a new thing. Um, and, I'm, and I keep telling people this story that, you know, I remember I could have bought one when it was like a, you know, a dollar a Bitcoin or something. Um, but I never did. I had this feeling that at some point I... I had looked into mining and maybe had done a little bit of it, whether or not I completed any work and had anything in a wallet somewhere, I couldn't tell you, but it's definitely gone now, no matter what. But no, apart from that, I have had absolutely no experience with Bitcoin. Um, I do sort of regret it in a way. Well, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you also regret not buying Apple stock in 1980. I, I mean, yes, exactly. And watching Apple develop as we have, you know, I suppose I was at university when Apple was probably at its lowest point. I remember a friend having bought an Apple clone um, and being very, very dissatisfied with it um, because they obviously weren't anywhere near as good as actual Apple products. Um, so I've seen Apple go from the very bottom of its abilities right to the top mm. Uh, which is an interesting thing to watch. But, you you know, you couldn't have predicted that. Like, I mean, you know, when I was at university, it looked for all the world like that company was done. Well, there was, um, I, I, I did a, a, a TV piece for Bloomberg and I said, you know, back back at the in the day, there was a chap in Seattle selling books out of a corridor. You would not have at one point looked at that man and that business model and said, that's someone who'll be, you know, have a, a trillion dollar business and be sending people to Mars in the future, is it? Well, I mean, and then a... here he was hugging Star Trek. Yeah, well, exactly. Mm. Yes. But Bitcoin, the reason I asked you if you'd ever done anything with Bitcoin is because I just can't understand what the appetite would have been for someone to want to withdraw some in cash. It sort of goes against the the nature of what Bitcoin exists for in the first place, right? So it's a bit... But what does Bitcoin exist for? Well, it depends. Uh, Do you want to launder money? Do you want to buy drugs? (laughs) Do you want to have somebody whacked? I realistically, I would dispute that. that, uh, I mean, yeah, sure, those are all things you can do with Bitcoin. It's a speculative place to hedge money for a lot lot of people. 
it, it it is i mean we could go into the ins and outs of bitcoin i don't think we want to i said we were going to be nah. a bit of levity for your day today and we're already <laughs> talking about the stock market and and you know hedging but um but i am just intrigued if anyone's actually going to give two hoots about these atms closing down it's almost it's more significant that it gave us something to talk about than it is that they're going to be made illegal anyway in my opinion yeah i mean i mean i well i the thing is making them illegal doesn't really necessarily strike me as a particularly useful decision well there's only 80 of them well that's true and they're not that useful but so but also they're not something that people would happen into by accident you know you're not going to accidentally buy a bitcoin or a fraction of a bitcoin and more likely you know you you need to want to do it or you need to already have bitcoin i think it's so a having visibility a cash thing. machine i think it's a visibility thing what you think it adds credibility to the coin i do and i think we've seen similar with when ads have been pulled we've seen ads for all kinds of crypto trading apps for instance being pulled from undergrounds because i remember there was one that said something like if you're reading ads for crypto on the tube it's time to buy and that got pulled because it wasn't giving out the the right message and yeah. and, in, and in fact was an extremely good example because a more accurate explanation and i said this to my mum i think at one point when she was asking me about this was um if you're seeing ads for crypto on the tube it's definitely time to sell um <laughs> but that wasn't really in the spirit of what the company wanted you to think well i mean and it's a good point because it if you buy into the most skeptical opinion of bitcoin it is that um most of it is owned by one or two wallets um who no one and no one knows who those people are um the people who bought into bitcoin subsequently need more people to buy into bitcoin in order to increase the value of their investment um so yeah it is essentially a pyramid scheme now obviously a lot of people will argue with me about that and you know, if you post that on Twitter, you'll probably be besieged by an army of morons. Uh, but this isn't Twitter. It's a podcast. And it they is. can besiege us with it, anger if they want, but I doubt we'll hear them. If you want to engage Ian in uh, an no. argument, <laughs> uh, like so many people do, uh, trust me, you can uh, tweet him at text message pod. Ian will look and he will reply. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even logged in on that account. Should I do it? Um, well, I thought you were. Let's talk about this offline. Um, <laughs> let's online, though, talk about something marginally interesting as well that happened. Uh, Netflix prices are going up in Britain again. Uh, I only recently recall them going up because I know we talked about it at that point. But they're now going up by uh, £2 for the top tier, I think. So it's <sighs> going to cost now £16 a month if you want the four different screen uh, package. 16... Which I have. Yeah, so that's going up two pounds a month. But bear in mind that that's the reason that that's the the only reason I've got that one is it's the only one that supports Ultra HD. Yeah. Now I don't necessarily feel like I need Ultra HD. Um, it uh, it's fine in HD, but I am annoyed about this, um, and I'm particularly annoyed about it because Netflix keeps cancelling the things that I watch, and not cancelling Bridgerton, which I don't watch. Yes, and I don't even know, I couldn't even tell you what Bridgerton is about. Oh, it's about I don't know. Very helpful. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's a um it's a sort of weird American take on British old aristocracy with people 
that does not even remotely sound like something I'd like. No. At all. Um, unless it's, done with <laughs> irony, in which case... Charlotte says you'd enjoy it. It's very saucy. Oh, I do love sauce. I Who do. doesn't? I do. That's but why you I've... can get sauce virtually anywhere. Yeah, in Cyberpunk 2077, which I've also been playing. I've played 70 sure. hours of that game since the Xbox wow. Series X upgrade was released, and it is bloody good. Let's side let's sidetrack into that. You've played that. Oh, no, you haven't played it. You're, you want well, to. I, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to make a, an additional point about Netflix, but I, I will make... Well, I, I was going to say I will make a point about um, Cyberpunk as well. Um, the... the uh, the, I found myself making some of the arguments that the anti-license fee people make. And now I'm not, not making these arguments seriously because I know that Netflix is a service for lots of people, not just for me. Um, but there are there are a lot of things they do. For example, why is it doing games? I don't feel like put, putting games for phones on a streaming TV service is a good use of my money. And I would rather that they didn't charge extra than that it provided a handful of kite basic games for you have, to play. you have got to start somewhere you've got to start somewhere think back in the day when when netflix was just sending dvds out by post yeah, and you could stream the odd thing online yeah sure that's fine and everything what about when amazon only sold books why not do why not do it you know why not strike up deals with the gaming industry and offer people the chance you know offer a new game streaming service or something like that you know like if, you, if that's what you want to do then do that, and don't, that but don't charge me for it. Tell, I don't. I don't want to pay. Tell Sony that. Use. Tell Sony that in the nineties. Why isn't? Why is the company that makes Walkmans making a games console? Yeah, but I, that was. Uh, I, yeah, all right. I mean, yes, you could make that argument about anything. They they're welcome to invest in it. I'm. Ju- my point is more that I feel like Netflix why is, is Katy now Perry overpriced. A Smurf? I don't know. I mean, I love Katy Perry. So do you she like can do the what Smurfs? She wants. I, I'm not really. Have you ever wondered about the Smurfs? A, a bit. I have. I mean, there's only one woman, isn't there? Well, that's my question. There's one woman, <laughs> there's one older gentleman, and then there's a lot of very similar-looking people of the same age. <laughs> Suspicious, I am. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh, the thing is, you... <laughs> yes, that's that's a good point. But Thank I think you. I feel like those... It, it's unfair to think of things in adult terms when the intention behind them was to appeal to children like no one no one sitting down to design the smurfs was thinking right we better have the right and appropriate number of adult age smurfs and the right um, and appropriate amount of children smurfs they they bloody would if they made it today mate maybe maybe i tell you that is an interesting product of its time much like the moomins which i've also been enjoying recently uh wonderful collaboration between uh, Finland and Japan. Can I just ask you, everybody, are you enjoying today's entirely unscripted show? I can't believe anyone is. Let us know. Hello <laughs> at UKTechShow.com. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Netflix, though? Well, I don't want the price to go up. Anything useful to say? Um, I don't think the price should go up. Yeah. I think, I, th- I think for what you get, I think Netflix is overpriced. I look at something like Disney+. Plus. There is so much stuff on Disney+. Plus. You know, it's full of classic shows that I enjoyed once or I've never had a chance to watch and think that's good value. It's a lot cheaper than Netflix. Now, obviously, Disney is a big company, so there's probably a reason for that. Um, But I do think this highlights what people have always said. And I do want to make one final BBC point about this, right? 
everyone says, oh, if the BBC is so good, then it can survive on its own as a subscription service. Like Netflix. My point is the same thing always happens with Silicon Valley companies. It's the same with Uber. They insert themselves into an industry with a lot of venture capital money. They offer a cheap and attractive service like Uber. And then, as we've seen this week, something happens and the price goes up. Or they just demolish the competition and then put the price up anyway. You cannot win. Here's my point. The BBC is valuable and worth every penny. If we let Netflix run the show, the price will just keep going up until we're paying £80 a month. Rant over. Pick your next story. Uh, I'm with you on that. And I'm questioning our Netflix subscription, frankly, because I don't even watch anything really on Netflix. I can't tell you the last thing I actually watched on there. There are some great things on Netflix. There's a a dozen shows that I think are really worth watching. Um, You know, plenty of stuff that you'd enjoy, I'm sure. But at the same time, it's like, well you know how is this this is just going to keep happening every two years there's going to be a substantial pay you know price rise and i'm not personally going to be getting any more for it i'm not going to be seeing anything you know and, and netflix is very broad also it's never been more popular no. there's so many subscribers now how can it possibly need to go up well they're just wasting yeah. money on things like that goddamn red notice that film boils my blood i can tell mate I don't even it's know what it so, is. Oh, it's so unbelievably generic. It's, I mean, I'm not the first person to notice this. I mean, I did notice it, but not first. But I put it on. It's like, it's like an AI watched a bunch of action movies and then wrote a story. And it stars The Rock, um, Ryan, what's his name? Reynolds, who's obviously always good. And that woman who sang that song under the start of lockdown, Gal Gadot who I'm not a big fan of. Um, but, uh, and, and that's it. That's basically it. It costs $200 million. That's a, that's a big waste. And they're doing two more. Yeah. So there, they've, I've, just, I've just saved them. Well, we can't get rid of the first $200 million, but we can get rid of the next 200 and then the $200 million after that. They were paid $20 million each for that film. Wow. The three main stars. That's that's uh, well, and, that's and, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I'm bored of this topic now. Okay, um, let's talk about cyberpunk very briefly because yeah, right. I wanted to come back to it um, because if anybody wanted to have a look at what I think actually is the the cutting edge of real time um, graphics, particularly in terms of facial animation. Um, and 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 the presentation of emotion like the cutting edge of what that looks like in video gaming certainly outside of the pc world but even i think including the pc world um playing cyberpunk 2077 on the xbox series x in its newly released um version which has all the updated visuals and a lot of fixes it is really a monumental achievement in in game design i'm i've played so much of that game over the last few weeks i'm loving it it's so so good it's extremely brutal and it's full of sex and violence and horrific language and adult themes um Mm. but it's bloody good and it's very very pretty it's very pretty well let me tell you about my experience with it which is not pretty um because it doesn't run on my computer properly um it's uh awful in fact it doesn't look pretty at all i don't like the graphics i assume that's because i haven't got a very brand new graphics card 
which I'm trying to buy, but obviously can't because the world is conspiring against my abilities. Um, it's just annoying to me because I would like to see it in the way you, you're seeing it, but it seems like they've done a lot more work optimizing it for next-gen consoles than they have for PC. I think they have, and it shows. It really shows. It. Well, perhaps they could turn their hand to doing it on the PC next. Have you, You've not got a Series X, have you? No, I don't want a games console. I think it's such a shame. It's such a shame. I think console gaming is in a great place right now. I really do. Well, that's almost certainly true. My problem with console gaming is that I don't like console controllers. I could not play Cyberpunk on a controller. That would drive me insane. It's got its quirks, but it's not as bad as some things. I just hate that running through... Actually, it hurts me to even think about it. Like playing a, a, a shooter on a controller just... I hate it. I just hate it. I mean, I I was obviously born and raised in a world of click on, you know, use mouse, click on enemy, kill enemy. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I guess that's got something to do with it. The kids, they don't struggle with the controllers. Um, so it's just me being old. But mm. I hate them. Oh, dear. And I want everyone to know that because, well, I, you, perhaps you can plug a keyboard and mouse in. I'm guessing you can, because uh, Xbox supports it, right? Mm, I think you can. Well, there you go then. Do that. believe you can. Um, it's, it's, it's great. I'd love to know if anyone else has been, has been playing that, because I think it's, you know, it had a very rocky start, that game. Very, very rocky start, but I think it's a magnificent, uh, magnificent game. Well, I was excited by it. I thought the story was great. I really enjoyed every minute I played of it from a story perspective. Um, I was excited to see where it went. I liked the fact that it kind of... I like games. I don't. I'm not someone who really necessarily enjoys being left alone to amble around without a, without a purpose. And I felt Cyberpunk trod that line really nicely between being on rails and sort of letting you have your freedom. Um, I, I think also the original Division game was another one that I felt did that quite well. Like the story was very compelling. It was very pretty. <coughs> Excuse me. I wanted to play it loads. I did. I, f- I think I finished that game, actually, weirdly. At least the story aspect of it. Um, so, you know, it's. Um, it, I, I'm, I was a big fan of that aspect of it. I thought they managed it really well. Despite everyone's complaints about it. Um, uh, well, you know, g- gamers, you know what they're like. I had a very long argument with some gamers uh, on Twitter recently. Shocking. You'll be surprised. To, I know, you'll be surprised to know. Because um, some guy said something stupid. I mean, it wasn't that stupid. It was like game game reviewers shouldn't have to finish game to review it, which I completely agree with. Hmm. Do I, I mean, how do you feel about it? Do, do you I agree, agree with that? With that. Um, I mean, if you're, I... if you're thinking about the economics of publishing, ah, how ah, could ah, you ah, say? Ah. Well, all right. I mean, I'm not asking you about the theoretical should things be this way. I'm asking you about the reality where game reviewers probably get the game seven days before it's released and publishers are awful. If you, so consider if, that. If, you, if you're lucky, you'll get it seven days before <laughs> yeah, release. Yeah, exactly. These, these days. And you're, ex- and you're expected to complete, what, as, what's that new one? Elden, El- Elden, Elden Ring. Rings. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, so you know, it, that's a hundred hour game and what you're thinking people are going to somehow manage to fit that into a week or less. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be very lucky. And there are some, I have been... There's at least one occasion, and this was many years ago, but I had an email from a pub, from a, a, a public relations person at a fairly large games company um, that once said that, uh, and they did give us the, the code um, 
a, a week or so early, uh, but it wasn't a long game, so it was fine. And they said that the embargo, so the, ta- the, the time and date uh, at which we're allowed to publish our reviews, was uh, one particular date if it got a 7 out of 10 or higher or no. equivalent, uh, but was two days or something later if the review was below 7 out of 10 or equivalent. And what, which particular profanities did you use to respond to that? I think I was very measured and just ignored it and just said, we're not reviewing the game. Well, to, what, oh, well I was going to say, did you play the game? Yeah. And but what would you have given it? I don't know, about seven. Well, okay. It's uh, just interesting. Yeah. No, it's um, it, it, it was ridiculous. It's only ever happened once and it's very rare you get stuff like that. But part of the problem is... is with reviewing games the uh, generally speaking the only way to get the code and certainly the only way to get it legitimately is if the developer gives you early access it's not like yeah. with a product where you might get it from a retail store several weeks before it's put on sale it's it's no just doesn't happen you you can get it only from the company that's made it for mostly obvious reasons and so if you don't agree to their terms and some of them have very strict terms um then you just don't get the code and if you're a games review website and you rely on getting code to get readers then you kind of have to either say yes or do something else you know and and even if even in a perfect world um the code that you get for the game that you review seven days before its release is not the finished game because every single game now has a day one patch so, you know, you you are going to have you're going to have a completely different code base more than likely by the time the game actually comes out. Like, I'm not saying they would bait and switch, but you could you you know they could do it could be a completely different game by the time it actually comes out because that day one patch might change everything from graphics. It might change the story. It might change you know the controls. <laughs> I you know I'm running out of things that it could change. It could change everything. Mm-hmm. Just to answer your final question before we move on. Uh, there, what, there certainly is a game that I didn't finish and did review, and that was Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and uh-huh. uh, and I and so I can only say that I think it is okay to review a game before finishing it if you disclose that you didn't finish it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's fair enough. And I, I mean, be- I've, I've I definitely reviewed very few games in my time, and I don't think in the review period I've ever finished one. But I'm not a games reviewer, and I've I, and I, I do enjoy it if it's you know in certain circumstances but you know i have i have this was my argument to people it's like you know that that set of people on the internet who are idiots and not real people say well if they don't if they don't love reviewing games and they shouldn't be doing it they should be doing something else let me do it or whatever yeah well sure if you think you can write compelling copy um which 99 percent of people in the world can't do and you think you could have a crack at reviewing a game for a big publisher? You have a crack at it, mate, and see how soul destroying it is when you're, you know, half of your time is spent in meetings talking about SEO, and the other half is spent, you know, writing articles just to get affiliate revenue. Let's see how you do with your eighty-hour game review in a week, and um, come back to me, bloody idiots. You can read more of Ian's opinions on life and the world by following him on Twitter at I Ian. Do not Morris. recommend it. 78 i do recommend it you're very active on twitter i have to say i like a tweet or two i know i've noticed Uh, although actually i don't that's not true it's like if i if someone told me i was actually in hell and that my penance for life was just being on twitter i'd say oh that makes a lot of sense actually i hope i do go to hell because all my favorite bands will be there 
Uh, Kate says that was the best Ian rant I think I've ever heard in, wow. a, in a live chat. I mean, um, Kate's heard a lot of my rants, so that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. it really annoys me. I mean, you know, like, I, I suppose it's coloured a little bit by the fact that I count amongst my friends game writers who are all exceptionally dedicated to gaming, all of whom are, you know, people who really love games. And these people come along on the internet and go, you shouldn't be a games reviewer. You know, you haven't earned it. You're not prepared to put the work in. I'm like, you've got no idea. And as I've battled against for so long in publishing anyway, my argument is that experience isn't valid valued in this industry in publishing generally you know you don't get progressively more money for having more experience what you do is get forced into either managing people which not not everyone wants to do or you have to go and find something else to do with your life mm. charlotte in the live chat says gatekeeping and gaming is the worst uh, it I, is know, the I know worst. she used to work at a, a large games company and um no of watch see, she speaks um yeah because uh, and that's the thing because people enjoy games very differently don't they and and that was and i remember at the time cyberpunk came out that GameSpot reviewer who reviewed it um was a was a obviously quite a good reviewer she was clearly knew how to play the game because she followed the story through and she got hammered for that it's like we didn't do any of the side missions it's like get a grip will you this is how people play games you can't like sure there will be a place for reviews where every someone does every single quest and that's brilliant but expect that six months after the game has come out you know i mean having said that with cyberpunk it doesn't matter because it's only really now playable what two years after it first came out much less than that less than a year maybe maybe one maybe one year maybe one year. hold on a second no i don't want to talk about this anymore (laughs) i think we should really move on i wanted to just touch on um apple briefly because we did have an apple announcement this week and certainly if you want the comprehensive rundown as you will hear from mr tom merritt in a little bit then go and listen to daily tech news show uh patrons of text message will have heard my extra message about the mac studio specifically because I bought one about five minutes after the announcement. Such was my level of excitement. So if you do want to hear the whys um, and, and the reasoning of, of why I have bought that and what it's going to be useful, then then do listen to that or, or become a patron and, and go and grab that. Um, but otherwise, apart from that, Ian, there wasn't a huge deal that stood out to me um, from the announcement, other than the fact that Apple now has um, a product called the M1 max that isn't the max performance you can get from the m1 because it also has an m1 ultra their naming needs some work i would say um especially given that they apple are privy to all of the things that they apple are going to be doing within the next 10 years you would think they could have had a sit sit down about this and think well this actually won't be our max in a year is it less than a year um Yes, yeah, less than a year, yeah. less than a year. Well, I don't trust you because Cyberpunk came out in December uh, 2020, by the way, so it's more than a year. Heavens um, above. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, a new colour iPhone, that's a very standard practice around this time, isn't it? Helps drive sales of the existing phone. Mate, 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 mate. Yeah. Alpine green. Yeah, I mean, you know it's what? It's not just a new colour. This well, is <clears throat> Alpine green. That's a good point. Thank you. But I will say this. I didn't expect the blue one that they really pushed with um, the 12 and the 13 to be a life-changing experience. However, that's the one they sent me, and it is beautiful. So the green one might very well be the nicest thing anyone's ever laid eyes on. 
I'm all for it. Um, but I will also agree that it's not life-changing. The SE, that's a that's a huge phone for Apple. That really, obviously, that must sell a lot of units. My work phone is an SE, and it's fine. It's too small. Um, but, so this, okay, again, that's a, that's not a, a great... Let me let me jump in then, because yeah, that's, sure. that's a question that came up when I was watching the keynote. Uh, Kate and I were, were watching it um, together, actually, and she asked me whether the Couple price goals. of the iPhone... <laughs> yeah. Uh, we watch every <laughs> Apple event together. Nice. Um, we do. And uh, but she asked me, well, she sort of, she said, is whatever the price is, like 449, isn't it? Um, yeah, is, it's is gone up that, a bit. Is that, afford- is that an affordable phone? And I, and I thought, well, that's a good question, because in a sense it is in the world where I, I think so. where you know high-end smartphones are routinely now priced above a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars or a thousand euros um and and therefore 400 and a bit is uh, is significantly less and you're still getting a very very good product however you can get many phones that are much cheaper than that and some of yes. them are not that bad you know no, I'm, uh, the budget I'm, samsung's are, are, are very very capable android devices very good phones they are i think i, I agree i there's plenty of choice what you don't get when you buy another phone is the apple's attitude to keeping them up to date so you, you you mentioned samsung you'll get maybe one update on a samsung phone and that'll be that'll be a lot so you won't get huge amounts of google updates um and yeah you know certainly if if you it depends how long you think something should last like a budget phone i would say they're not very powerful apple's good at getting the most out of its hardware for the longest period of time it always has been that's always been its trick um so you know in terms of phones if you if you did a, an equation that was you know how long will i have this phone how long will i use it and will it be an acceptable experience i would say that the iphone se is likely to actually end up being cheaper if you can get two three or four years out of that phone which a lot of people will less demanding users who just want a phone um i would say that's going to look cheaper than a samsung or a you know any other phone that doesn't you know get the updates maybe a security risk although probably not but you know that that is a concern so you're saying um, that the value actually in this isn't strictly just tied to the fact that it costs 450 quid no but it's because um, it's 450 quid that you're not going to have to pay in three years because it'll yeah and apple does allude to that in the keynotes actually it did say it'll be supported for years and if you look at ios 15 on the website which i'm looking at right now it's supported right back down to iphone 6s and they the, still support and the, iPod, the original sc don't yeah. they I, yeah, iPhone SE first gen and yeah. the iPod Touch, and they're I mean years. But the years iPod old. Touch, I mean that I, thing is iPod Touch, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, and obviously you don't get all the, the latest features, and that and that will always be the case. But that you know their commitment to making sure that these things don't run like dogs. As I said, when I got sent the twelve um, Pro, my ten uh, S Max is still in fine shape like that phone does not feel slow it doesn't feel you know like a second class device the only problem with it is that the battery is a little bit less useful than it used to be um and i think i think if apple could do something about batteries and make them a little bit more easy to replace and cost effective although there are options for that like they do have a reasonable replacement fee it's actually a lot more reasonable than if you smash a screen where at which point you've written it off basically but yeah i think that 
uh, you know, like anything, I, I I heard someone on YouTube, I think it was, say, um, oh, buy buy once, cry once. You know, it's expensive. It is. Exp- I'm not pretending that these are not silly, expensive devices. But you, if you go through it once and it's a good thing and it lasts you a long time, then it's worth the money. I've seen so many occasions, and I. That's what I said about be, Kate, actually. Used to be married to a woman who would not spend money on things and would then have and then things have to be replaced. And it's a false economy. And I would rather diligently research and buy something I like and will last a long time and only have to do it once every so often. You know, I spent God knows how long thinking about my monitor, the computer monitor I'm looking at right now. And, you know, it's not perfect, but I think I did a good job of researching it. Nice display technology. It's an IPS. Colours look good. It's 100 hertz. I bought it years ago for £900. But if you think about how, how long I'm likely to have it for as a screen, it's not as expensive as it appears. Obviously, you do have to find £900 up front, which is not easy. Um, but then... Can I just check? Did you just draw a rather convincing parallel between the route to a successful marriage and the route to a successful purchase of a phone? I, d- I don't know. Maybe. I maybe. Th- well... Uh, I mean, certainly I would be fair to say that my ex-wife and I have very different opinions on that kind of thing. I, don't, I wouldn't say we're, I don't, I'm not a spender. I'm not someone who excessively spends money. But I also feel the other way that if you're going to buy something, get the right thing and you'll be a lot happier in life. You know, even if it takes you longer. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm going through this with a car. Like, I would like to replace my car. I'd like to get an electric car. But I can't do it because I won't do a stupid finance deal for it and there's not anything on the second hand market you know so i'll wait i'll wait five years and see what i can do then i I feel like people are very impatient and i also feel like the modern world is so focused on credit and debt that it worries me that people people i think do sometimes forget that having credit doesn't mean you can have more stuff it doesn't give you more money for having credit. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I look around and I know what cars cost. And I look around the road and I look around my road where I live and I look at all these people with new cars. And I'm like, how? Like, none of us are millionaires on this street. How are you? How? And the answer is credit. And I mean, it's, I, I obviously it's different for me because I'm now a single person. So I don't have the buying power of two people. So I do have to think more carefully about things. But, you know, I think people just rush into buying things on credit and having i dread to think what some people's monthly outgoings are um but then again i guess i suppose if you can't afford to buy something up front you might as well look at it that way but it's not for me it's my dad talk to my dad about it because he's the one that would only ever buy something if he could actually afford it apart from a house my mum gave me some great advice when I was very young which was only get credit only ever get a credit card if you can afford not to need one and i've stuck by that and it's a great yeah. it's a great it's a great lesson because then it's about convenience not about having stuff that you can't afford um yeah and not everyone's in that in that position and certainly i had my fair share with runnings with um with credit and being bailed out by said parent um mm. when i was much much younger but it's good 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 advice if um, yeah i mean i think everyone goes through that i i i made some very stupid decisions weirdly enough actually the the the, the first car i bought for myself that was not a heap well in fact it was the first car i really bought for myself um was 10 grand and i had some savings and i got a loan and you would not believe how 
how it much it takes even though you you know you look at it from a an aerial perspective and you think well okay i've got five grand i'll put that down towards it that's half of it i'll borrow the rest and you know even if you sit down and work out the interest you still don't realize you know you've wiped out savings that's a problem uh, you know I, I i regret that decision and obviously at the time i had credit card debt as well so it um we've all been there i think like everyone makes those mistakes well other mistakes you could make include letting this podcast run on for too long um <laughs> so we're gonna cut the discussion uh thus far um there but if you've had any opinions on the rather um large array of topics that we have discussed you can drop us an email of course hello at uk tech show dot com and do let us know what you feel to the idea of our unscripted show today has been a bit of an experiment and i'm quite enjoying it i have to say but it's only important if you guys out there also like it so let us know hello at uktechshow.com and our patrons are about to hear our second section where we're going to dive into the text message conversation randomizer i think it's time we check in briefly with mr tom Merritt, who is going to tell us what else has been happening in the wider world of tech news before ian says something very interesting this week on Daily Tech News Show, Patrick Norton gives us the good news on GPUs. You can get them. The bad news, nah, they're still above MSRP. And the other news, in a world where 50% of the neon used to make chips comes from Ukraine, who knows what's going to happen to the supply chain next. Also, the new Apple stuff. The Snob OS crew is here to check that out. Magic Leap 2, it's a real product. And Jen Briney from Congressional Dish explains how to find government info on the internet. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com see graphics cards in graphics yeah. cards and i mean neon. that is interesting but i dispute the fact that you can get them <laughs> well no, that's not true you can get them like i could buy a graphics card right now if i was prepared to spend a thousand pounds is that the interesting thing you were going to say i don't know oh. you, you said i was going to say something interesting i never committed to that well i just knew that you wouldn't speak over tom and therefore had 30 seconds to come up with something like absolutely gripping to keep people listening right through to the end and of the I, show. I, I, I did use that time to wonder what it was I, you thought I was going to say, but I wasn't thinking the right thing. I, I could have come up with something gripping. Yeah. Um, but never mind. Next changed week. Changed the battery ne- in my car the other week. Next that week. Was, um, no, that's... Quite- no, that's tedious, mate. That's, that's, that's life. We don't want life. <laughs> we don't have to- change the battery in a car, mate. I've, I mean, I don't even drive, so no. no. Well, there we go. I uh, changed one in um, uh, in my Sony camera recently when I was filming somebody's wedding the other day. Changed right, okay. T- twice yeah, in, that's in the one same. day. Yeah. Did it require, require a wrench set? Um, no, no, it didn't. Then you don't know what you're saying. Ah, oh, well, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, if you'd like to get the longer version of the show, of course, go to patreon.com forward slash UK tech, where we delve into the conversation randomizer. Um, and of course, you can listen ad free, get extra message and listen to us live. And thank you to Andy and Charlotte and John and Camille and Kate and Mike. Uh, I'll ignore myself and Nick and Rich and Rich and Stephen and all the other people who've been listening to us live uh, throughout today's show. You guys are brilliant. Thank you for supporting us however you do. And I hope you have as cheery a week as is possible wherever you are in the world. Um, Ian, you get the last word today. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. 
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.